Before we start today, we'd like to talk about the fine, upsetting gentleman that sponsored this here podcast, Cheapskate Hockey. Cheapskate Hockey is without a doubt the best in the hockey apparel business, boasting a range of headwear, shirts, sweaters, and jerseys for guys and girls, as well as a bunch of handy add-ons like air fresheners, helmet decals, and for those of you that like to get a little creative, pins and patches. Wow, but Holy Puck listeners are in luck, as you are all privy to a discount code at Cheapskate Hockey. All you need to do is go to their website cheapskatehockey.com buy some stuff and at your cart enter holy puck and you'll get a raging 15% off your purchase cheapskate hockey the game you proudly love now has clothing you can proudly wear kick it off indeed eh wow so thanks for your bassy tones there Candice for those of you playing along at home this is episode 41 of the holy puck podcast we are your best source of hockey news views and abuse on the internet we're brought to you by cheapskate hockey and wow Trade deadline is upon us, Cam, and wow, it's been pretty it good so far. And yeah, it's that, been pretty great. It's been pretty great thus far, and I keep forgetting we've got another 24 hours because here in Australia, it is 8.34 p.m. on the 28th of February, which would, of course, mean we're, you know, shy of three and a half hours of the, the deadline finishing. But back in North America, we've got another day. We've got a whole other day. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. It's like, it's like the internet just wants us to have fun with this, you know? I feel like being an Australian hockey fan actually has benefits. Like, aside from not getting to go to games very often and it costs us heaps of money to go and do it, I kind of feel like we always feel like we're ahead of the curve because of the time difference, and then we get to go back and relive it a little bit. Are you saying that because we're legitimately ahead of the curve, i.e. we're ahead by, you know, 20-odd hours, so therefore yeah. we're, we're actually just ahead of the curve based on time difference alone? Yeah, you know how people say things like, oh my God, literally, I can't even do that. I'm like, no, in this case, we literally, literally are ahead of the curve. Yeah, yeah. And plus, Kyrie Irving, as in Cavaliers point guard Kyrie Irving, if oh. you're listening, I'm not sure why you would be, but if you are, <laughs> yeah. we are ahead of the curve because the Earth is a globe, it's a sphere, and it has curves. It's not flat, you stupid fuck. <laughs> that could be probably my favorite, like, sports star goof going around at the moment. Oh. Like, you know, I don't want to talk about it because it's only going to upset me. But I, no, I want to I talk about it really quickly because I do want to say one thing. I love the fact that he went to Duke University and he was the one and done player. Like he went to Duke, then after a year he nominated for the NBA draft. Surely he is now the NBA's poster boy for kids. This is why you need to do your full four years at college because you will be stupid and you will be a science denier and you will think the earth is flat and you probably don't believe in dinosaurs and any one of, you know, a number of other things which confirm you are in fact a fucking moron. Yeah, he's he's pretty top of the list in terms of dead shits going around at the minute. Like, I mean, I, I love I love the you know. There's always like for for any one thing, there's always like some dickhead denier. But like having this guy who's just like, yo, so by the way, Columbus was right. The world is flat, and we just got lost, and we're essentially we're literally sitting on just a flat piece of paper, and everything that you've heard is a lie, and Scientology is real. Which is amazing too, because when you're on an international flight and you're traversing time zones, you can literally see the planet's arc yeah, like, like as you're approaching the horizon. So an actual thing. That's, that's really good. Yeah. Um, and all the photos I'm, from space, Google Maps, for instance. I, mean, I wonder, come if, on. does it feel like NBA players are getting dumber or is it just in the social media age, they're making more public gaffes and we're catching them? Like they can't have always been this stupid, surely. I just feel like everyone's getting stupider you know, in general, but I mean, basketball players, I mean, you're right. Basketball players are getting stupider just in general, but my God, like this is, this is the number one gaffe of, of uh, the last few years in my mind. 
Do you think this is like this is the beginning of real life idiocracy? And hear me out, right? No, no, so no. NBA, Cam, NBA. There's, I'm a, there's a relationship out. with Gatorade, right? Is Kyrie Irving? Because given you know he plays with the Cavaliers, right? Therefore, they're based in Ohio. Is he leading the charge? Is he going to buy a farm and start trying to farm with Gatorade and kill all the crops in Ohio? I'm honestly, I'm so close to going. Yes, that's going to happen because it might actually happen because these people are so stupid. Like. I don't. So, yeah. I don't want to say they're and all stupid. I don't want to say anything the about that. The thing that's upsetting though, too, is he's a Melbourne boy. Like yeah. he's he he's, he's an Australian citizen. He's, Kyrie, he's you're, you're embarrassing. You're not just embarrassing yourself. You're embarrassing us. Like yeah, I know. John and I are here trying to establish us as Australians as a relevant voice in as the international sporting landscape. And you over there with all your your tomfoolery and your fuckheadery. You're, you're blowing, blowing it for everybody. everyone. <laughs> that's right. Stop it. Oh my god. Oh wow! So, Jesus, so, I feel like we've gone off topic, but I'm I'm happy we did. No, I would definitely derail the whole episode. Well, I'm not going to start it again. I feel like this has been great banter so far. I just I don't I will I will preface this this episode with we're pretty much we're pretty much got no run sheet. Uh, we are really only going to talk about the current current trades because there's obviously heaps to talk about per trade. Um, we're mm. only going to cover the interesting ones. Uh, no minor league moves. And we're obviously going to uh, just get through the major ones, and then next week we'll uh, we'll do a full wrap where we'll talk about we'll deep dive. Well, we'll be able to see how certain players have have gone in in their new teams. We had to look at the last few hours of the trade deadline and the things that were pushed through, and the things that were like last year with the with the uh, with the Blackhawks, the things that were pushed through a few hours afterwards. You know what I mean? Well, what I, what I, what I feel like tonight is is happening with tonight's show, right? Is that the way we're approaching tonight's show with a lack of a run sheet, whereas normally we're very organised, it's it's the same half-assed manner that 98% of the NHL's general managers approach their job with. Oh, my job's really challenging and I don't know if I can do a trade. So that's kind of how we're doing tonight's show. Next week, we'll be like the 2% of NHL general managers who are good and it'll be very organised and effective. So what I'm saying is, right now, tonight's show is like the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, yeah. Of like podcast. And Whereas then next, next week, week is like the Brian like McClellan. The, of, he's, yeah. Next next week's like a, like the uh, I don't know what's a, what's a really good. So like, you're, you know the had the Habs when there was only six teams in the league and therefore yeah. they could win all of the championships. So what you're trying to say is where you know you're you're essentially the Brian McClellan next week of of GMs yeah. slash podcast episodes, so yeah. or the Stevie Eisenman of 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 GMs slash podcast episodes. Next week. I don't know. I, I feel like the jury's kind of out on Steve now because I'm not fully understanding what he's doing because, like... No one, you know, I, you know what? I feel like trolling him to go he's so far. He's Bishop and he's like, look, we were going to lose him at the end of the year. We had to do something and get something for him. I'm like, okay, cool. But they're not that far out and Stammer could come back and they're playing well. And then they trade Brian Boyle. I'm like, okay, you've given up hope on your season and abandoned it. Have you told your players? Because yeah, yeah. Kucherov went out and scored a hat trick today, and he looked pretty fucking excited. Yeah, how about some comms, man? Like, just just have a convo. Like, <laughs> like, all right, all right, okay. So we're not tanking this year, but okay, everyone raise your hand who's not tanking. Oh, okay. Look, you guys have I, all I raised like your hands. You definitely have shouldn't have done that. In the Tampa Bay organization, right? Just send everyone a little bit of a push notification. Hey guys, is everyone online? If we go, we got Victor. Yep, Victor's there. I can see Victor's online. You know, even just the big dogs like, you know, Victor and Anton and all yeah. those dudes. Like, look, Stamis, we are going to be tanking for in. the rest of the year. I need you to not score all of the natural hat tricks just today, please. Yeah, just stop it. And I, so, okay, can someone please get Stammer's assistant on the phone? Someone needs <laughs> to pass him a message to stay injured for the next three weeks. 
please. Yeah, we can't we can't get on Stamkos' assistant. He's getting his hair cut with Steven so that they yeah. both look fantastic. <laughs> so yeah, well, how do you, you can't maintain hair like that and not have an assistant. That's all I'm trying to say, all right? That's not, that's not a thing. Do you reckon he's got a moustache groomer on his staff? I feel like his staff is probably like 10 dudes deep. Like easily. Easily. Oh, it'd be amazing. So it's kind of like a really conservative white version of Entourage. Yeah, but like just not interesting in any way. Like they'll just sit around and just eat Fruit Loops and talk about hockey, which is what, you know what? I would watch that. Like he doesn't have a bodyguard. He doesn't have a bag man. No. He doesn't have a weed dude. He doesn't no. have a guy that, you know, goes and does all the groundwork with the ladies a lot, you know, Turtle. He's got his friend who's like, Stephen, great news. I got us a new Nintendo Wii game. It's going to be smashing. If you're like, that sounds great. I'll love yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, you know what? No, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to pretend I'm too cool for that. That sounds like a really good time. Yeah, you're definitely not too cool for that. In fact, we are far from too cool from that, if I was to to be perfectly honest. In fact, if you were to look up the word cool in the Oxford Dictionary, there would not be any mention of either of us. No, or this podcast, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> <laughs> uh, dear. Good Lord. Anyway, All so... Right. I mean, so trade deadline do, is here. I've, I've had... brought up our trade tracker because we here we're, we're very organised, and on our website, holypuckpodcast.com, we actually now have a uh, what you would call a spotlight section, which we've launched this week. And every month, when something significant comes along, the subject of the spotlight section is going to change. And so, at the moment, it's the trade deadline. You know, next month will be welcome to the playoffs, that kind of thing. Yeah, we'll um, have one so about Vegas and probably the expansion draft. Trade information, yeah. not because we've got the most, but because we're the funniest. Yeah, and like, let's be honest, in the off-season, there's going to be heaps to talk about this year, but when there's nothing, we can just like make it like a Tyler Sagan party tracker or something. Oh, that's actually a really good idea. And I would also like to say, I believe we are the only hockey outlet that successfully inserted the shrug emoji into a legitimate article and got away with it. So yeah, human points. <laughs> yeah, but mainly the who gives a fuck points. Well, all of the who gives a fuck points. Yeah, we're pretty good at that. Anyway, so do you want to lead off with the the first trade that kind of means something? Yeah, okay. So the move, as we're calling it. So the trades will be referred to as the move, and the discussion points will be the verdict. So yeah. And that's in bold, too. So, I mean, obviously, we mean business. Um, <laughs> as we know, a couple of weeks back, Ottawa dumped uh, Zach Stortini, Buddy Robinson, and a pick on the Sharks for Tommy Wingles. Um, look, I'm a big Tommy Wingles fan, but given how many Sens are injured at the moment, you got to wonder if they just wish they had those bodies back just so they could dump somebody with some NHL experience into their lineup. Yeah, I mean, I I, I, I get the move for Wingles, but I mean, I'm, I I guess the whole Senate, I mean, I really like the Senators. I mean, other than the fact that they all got punched in the head the other day. Um, oh, fantastic day at the office, wasn't it? Oh, I mean, if it was going to be anyone, like, are you kidding me? Oh my god! But I mean, but we should we should say though too. There was the trade today, and the yeah. senators have obviously read our thoughts. Where they've gone, you know what? You're some absolutely right, Holy Puck. Some grit. We're going to get Alex Burrows. Yeah, I'm like you know what? We're, you're absolutely right, Holy Puck. We should definitely get Alex Burrows. However, that makes me immediately hate the sense. It was already on the fence about anyway because you know as well as I do that I fucking hate. Absolutely hate Alex um, Alex Burrows, who needs to just die in some sort of fire. Well, think about this, right? Playing the Senators at the moment, and now look, if you're Sean Thornton, you're exempt from this. Yeah, yeah. Demonstrated, so, to he'll, preface, he'll the whole thing. To preface this, if your name is Sean Thornton and only Sean Thornton, disregard the next three sentences. <laughs> but the Senators <laughs> now possess Alex Burrows, 
Chris Neal, Mark Borowiecki, and Dion Phaneuf on their team. Yep. That's four real sacks of shit. And when I say sacks <laughs> of shit, we're talking <laughs> on ice sacks of shit because yeah. off the ice, they all actually seem like really good dudes. Yeah. Um, you know, like even surprisingly, Dion Phaneuf seems like a smashing dude. And yeah, he Chris seems Neal, lovely, at the end actually. of the day, you don't stick around in this league for that long if you're if you're not a good person. So no, but great, great dudes, but on as an ice, on ice product, yeah, on ice douchebags. So like, it, I don't know, I, it, I don't know. It's it's like they're intentionally trying to make us hate them. Like, I don't know. Are they just going to be that team though? Are they going to be that gritty team in the playoff that just tries to the playoffs plural Whoa. that just tries to outbastard everybody? Like, are they just going to be cheap shot and dog shot and trying to bait dudes into fights left, right, and center? Like, that's a real bunch of spuds that you're going to be playing against. Yeah, it's going to be kind of boring to watch too like it's gonna be like grindy i mean the, the playoffs are already a completely different game like it's it's much more conservative like people are finishing checks but they're not hard there it's as much it's it's very different to a regular season game you don't see a fight if you do it's extremely rare um this is i was kind of gonna go the other way though where i agree you don't see fights but i think the hitting and all that shit and the forechecking is is significantly more intense because they're like, I can't get out there and actually punch someone if push comes to shove. So I really need to make this check count. It's all about protection, I think, in the playoffs. So maybe maybe we're both mm. right, Cam. Maybe maybe we're both right. Or we're both wrong. Who cares? Um, no, I'm more inclined to say we're both right. <laughs> all right. So the next move, Vernon Fiddler headed back to where it all began in Nashville. Um, this kind of makes sense. Like, but I mean... In, I mean, New Jersey only got a fourth rounder for it anyway. I guess in a flippant here, have something because we're being nice to you kind of move. But I mean, Fiddler there at the number two center role makes sense. But Cam, the verdict? Yeah, I mean, look, the verdict for me. Um, yeah, look, I'm not going to try and sugarcoat this. This is the aforementioned shrug emoji. Yeah, yeah. I mean, insert cool, shrug emoji. You know, yeah. Nashville get a dude back that they originally drafted, and Ben and Fiddler does add value on that bottom line, but. Nashville are going to have to make a significantly more impressive move than this to be a real playoff threat. Yeah, I, who knows? I mean, there's, I think there's something brewing. I think they're obviously trying to do something um, in the next few hours, so it'd be interesting to see how that goes. Um, I well, guess John, we'll to prior to us getting on the phone, I was uh, I was lurking the internet website known as Twitter. I'm not sure if you've heard of it. You know, I've, um, I've heard it. I've heard it. Is, is that the thing where you get all the news and the nudes? Mm. <laughs> the news and the nudes. Um, <laughs> and there is more than a few people saying that it appears as though the Predators are looking to send James Neal to the Buffalo Sabres in exchange for Evander Kane. And this isn't some random dude with three followers saying this. This is a, a blue-ticked hockey, uh, hockey reporter who is being retweeted and supported by other blue-ticked hockey reporters. So you would assume there's something in that. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I, I mean, uh, I don't know if, if if it's working there. So, this could be a sick move. I, I, I'd like to see how it plays out in the next few hours to see what the actual terms are. But I mean, Evander, yeah. Evander Kane playing for the Preds, I think, is to me, it looks like a really good fit. Just on face value, I think it looks like a great fit. Well, yeah, I'm I'm really into it. I mean, he's been hot lately too. Like he's playing really well. Obviously, obviously gives him a little more muscle. Um, now that they've dropped Mike Camilleri to the minors, um, they do need someone to fill the quota of um, despicable human who treats women really poorly. So if you're going to get anyone, 
you may as well get Evander Kane, who sits firmly at the top of the list with um, other noted shitbag Patrick Kane. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if your name's Kane and you're in Buffalo, you're getting into trouble. So I think it's a good move yeah. just for his own personal safety to just make a move, you know? And here's, and here's the thing too. Um, James Neal's obviously quite the scumbag as well. So, you know, Man, I kind of feel like so um, much. things will remain balanced, you know, like, Sure, the Eastern Conference loses a scumbag in Evander Kane, but they gain another one in James Neal. Um, if he plays for Buffalo, it'll give him more chances per calendar year to try and knee Brad Marchand while he's on the ice, because that's obviously a classy thing to do. Um, yeah. No, I, I'm, dude, I'm totally on board. And I, just, I honestly think, I don't know, I, I feel like a change of scenery is really going to do, really, really going to do Evander Kane some good. Like, he needs to get out of Buffalo. Like, why is he still there? He's putting himself at risk every time he steps out. Do you know what I do find, uh, or what I think if that trade does occur, what would be a very potentially interesting personality clash? Yeah. Good-natured, kind-hearted, philanthropist, carer of children, the sick, the needy, the donator of much money, P.K. Subban Uh, versus self-indulgent, selfish dickbag, Evander Kane. Yeah. Uh, I wonder well, how that's going to work in the locker room. Like it you've feels literally like got a lot of legends. the cream of the NHL's philanthropic prop, and then old mate dickhead. Yeah, well, I I feel like there's quite a few dudes who are kind of like legendary down there. Like there's also Colin Wilson, who seems to be like one of the nicest dudes going around as well. Mike Mike Fisher. Mike Fisher dude. again. So it's like there's a whole. Maybe this is a great move for him. Maybe this is more of a personality move. Maybe he's like, you know what? I need to go somewhere where they're actually nice and I can learn from them to be human, not just this, a total dickbag. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. This could very well be. Maybe someone's actually sat him down and gone, you know what, Evander? You can't play hockey forever. We need to teach you how to be a good human being. <laughs> Sorry, and so you can actually be a functioning member of society because so, at the moment, people don't like you very much. So find the team with the nicest players and request a trade there. And he's like... Hmm, where should I go? Like, I know, Nashville. And worst case scenario, they get to see him in a hat. Well, okay, side note then, let's, and let's respect the sidebar for a minute. <laughs> top three top three <laughs> nicest NHL teams. Like, who would you say are the teams loaded with, with the nicest, like genuinely nice, just awesome, good dudes that could positively influence the off-ice, off-ice behavior of a noted shitbag? All right, so the first two that I can think of straight away, I would I would have said Nash. The next I would say yep. the Capitals because we've got the whole beast and Ovi. So I would say the next one for me would probably be, you know what? Probably Vancouver now that now that Burrows is gone. I was going to say San Jose because watching Joe Thornton throw that Super Bowl party and yeah. that everyone was legitimately like, we have so much fun hanging out. At your swimming pool with John Scott teasing yeah, John, everybody for not John actually Scott knowing everything about football. <laughs> yeah. yeah, San Jose's up there. I, I don't know. I kind of think that the Vancouver, like now that it's literally just the Sedins and Bo Horvat, I reckon they'd be like pretty good in terms of general human, like just, just general niceties. Like, I mean, I've been to Vancouver, right? People there are super nice. So I can only imagine that rubs off. Yeah, okay. I'm into that. I'll play ball. Now that Burrows is gone with a massive, massive asterisk. All right. Yeah, well, that, that's the asterisk. <laughs> yeah, and obviously, Bur- Burroughs now being in Ottawa has significantly reduced their good dude rating. Immediately. Immediately. It's taken it from, a you know, from just a, not even on the radar to immediate shitbags because obviously Finnulf plays there too. All right. All right. I'm going to tackle the next move. So the move was Calgary obviously managed to pry away staunch blue liner uh, Michael Stone from Arizona. 
and they did it for a 2018 third rounder along with a 2018 conditional fifth rounder. Um, the verdict for me, defensive depth is a must for the playoffs. So, uh, and at the moment, that's where the Flames are heading. He's never going to be a top pairing option, but his status as a fourth office soldier on that Calgary back end gives them a real boost, in my humble opinion. John? Yeah, this is good. Thoughts? No, this is good. I mean, they're obviously still trying to shore up their goalie situation in terms of what they're actually... They're still confused, I guess. I guess the, the Elliott trade at the start of the season is not really made any sense for them so they're still trying to figure out what the fuck to do so shoring up the d-line is the next smartest move for them well so, imagine if they didn't have chad johnson but i, I mean the thing <laughs> is too do you really want to go into the playoffs relying on your or what started as your backup tendy like yeah that's there'd still be something in the back of your mind which is like yeah chad's playing really well but i mean he's a backup and we got him cheap yeah like there's a backup like it's that's how it is like and so Elliot needs to right the ship, and he's needed to do that all season. So, him going—I mean, he has minimal playoff experience anyway. So, mm. uh, I don't. Yes, this is a great move because it shores up the defense in front of the two shaky goaltenders. So, great move um, for them, and great, great jamming in general. I think. Um, mm. And I mean, there's been lots of good D-man moves so far. So, I think we're really going to see some really big, like forward. Centerman moves coming in the next few hours, so I'm super stoked to see how that plays out. Maybe I'll just drink lots of coffee and not go to bed tonight. Like it could be a really fun night on the internet. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty into that. I mean, the thing is, Reddit seldom is quiet, so I'm pretty sure that there's going to be heaps going on. Interesting. All right. Well, look. Uh, the next move we'll look at is Ron Hainsey leaving the barren stands of Carolina for the fanatical fans in Pittsburgh. Um, I love that his first game with the Pens was the Stadium Series outdoor game against yeah. the Flyers, by the way. <laughs> so that's a pretty big claim. So they moved him for, for Danny Cristo in a 2017 second rounder. So, yeah, great. Um, however, here's, here's what I'll, I'll preface this before I get into the verdict. This is how I see this move going. So one GM calls another GM. Hello, I'm the GM of Pittsburgh. Oh, hello, I'm the GM of Carolina. What's the first yeah. thing that you expect him to ask? What's the first question? Who's asking it? The Carolina GM. No, so the so the Pittsburgh GM is asking the Carolina GM. What's the yeah. first question you ask? I don't know. You tell me. How much for Falk? And so you sit there yeah. and you talk for about an hour and a half, and you go, "Fuck it." After an hour and a half, you go, "You're asking prices too high. I'll take Hainsey. What do you need?" <laughs> like, oh, I thought I thought you were <laughs> going to say, "Look, how do you feel about giving us Malkin, and in return, we'll give you Jeff Skinner." And the roast chicken that's still in the fridge from yesterday's after practice meal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, mm, yeah. Uh, no, nah, fuck it. You know what? How much is Hainsey going for? <laughs> yeah, they're like, look, we're not going to agree on Big Gino there, but uh, Hainsey. <laughs> it's like, and then they're like, oh, fine, fuck it. Fine. So, I mean, yes, this is a great move. Hainsey is great. Um, I think he's probably been one of the better D-men on for Carolina this year. I think... He gives brings brings the pens a cheap yet effective D man. It means that they're stacked now. So Rutherford has made a really good move. Well, um, they are and they aren't stacked. They're stacked if everyone's healthy. But at the moment, Daly, Marta, and Latang are all uh, not very well. Not very well. But so, whenever it comes yeah. back prime for the playoffs, they will be stacked. Mark my words. And this is a cheap move that costs them literally nothing. Um, so, well, my my two thoughts on this are as follows. Ainsley is the best kind of low-level defenseman, and the reason is 
no one talks about Ron Hainsey, and that's a good thing because it means he's not making mistakes. He's, he's not spectacular, but he's not making mistakes. Dude, I watched them. I watched the the Canes game the other day. I mean, granted, they lost in overtime, but I will say this. So they were, I, I was particularly watching Hainsey because he had a really good game, and I'm like, I just want to see how long they keep him on the ice. They left him on the ice legitimately for almost all of the overtime period. I mean, they lost in the end, but he was legitimately the single driving force that was stopping whoever it was they were playing, I can't remember, getting into their offensive end. It was just ridiculous to see one guy basically going, fuck it, I'm I'm winning this game. They lost in the end, but I was like... I like it. This is a guy who... I, I was, just, I was, it was so funny, I thought at the time, this is a guy who's either playing for a contract or will, or is likely to be like traded very soon, and here you go. So weird. So what, what you're saying is you liked his pluck, his grit, and his moxie, and the Players Association in conjunction with the league, is now probably going to have to deal with drug testing because they probably think pluck, grit, and moxie are actually drugs, performance-enhancing substances. Yeah, as opposed to just being a general all-round legend. <laughs> All right, so moving on. The move, obviously, Dallas handed Patrick Eves over to the Ducks for a conditional 2017 second rounder, which becomes a first if the Ducks make the conference finals. Hot tier, they ain't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I was going to say, I can me, smell that from here. One. I think this is a really tidy move for the Ducks. They get themselves a hard-nosed uh, offensive talent. He's real good at fetching dirty pucks, and he's a 20-goal scorer this year. Like, not many players get better as they are in their early 30s. So, you know, Anaheim, they, they took their shot. I'm, I like the move. I love the move. And more importantly, Eves has a fucking cracker of a beard too. I really like Patrick Eves, so I hate seeing him in a duck sweater just because, man... I was watching the uh, Kings and Ducks game on Sunday morning and fuck Corey Perry. Yeah. <laughs> Scory Perry is not the man that he once was. Neither is well, Getz. He's not scoring this year for one. I know. Like, the whole... T- I feel bad for the Ducks because they're obviously always still kind of going to be in the conversation in terms of playoffs and, and, and just general postseason activity. But I'm like, I'm, I don't know. It feels like they're just never going to get there. They're almost like the West Coast Caps. You know what I mean? I was going to say the same thing. Like, if you ignore the fact they do actually have a Stanley yeah, Cup you, as opposed so if you to your that, dog shit team, if you put that they aside are the for a minute, Caps. they are the West Coast Caps. They're like bad luck, bad luck Anaheim Ducks. Brian, bad luck, Brian. Brian I just Brian, don't want them Anaheim to have Ducks. any success because fuck Randy Carlisle. <laughs> I knew you were going to work that in there somehow. I, could... I was always going to get that in there. Although, did you see uh, Jeff Carter get into a fight with uh, Ryan Kessler. There's a reason Jeff Carter doesn't fight very often. Because he gets Kessler his fucking lights fucking knocked the him. fuck out. Did you see, there was, there, I saw the best slow-mo video of the yeah, fucking... I saw the same video. As, of the ding-ding, you're fucking out, son. That, that, that yeah. moment where this... I don't know what Carter's even doing. Like, he's just... It's like he's watching the, the fist just connect with his face. And then all of a sudden, good night. Yeah, it was just a really good straight shot, and it looked like it was in slow motion, even in real time. Yeah, because it, Carter just <laughs> Carter just watched it approach, and he's like nothing in his that, brain said like Jeff, Jeff Duck. Yeah, he was like a poor deer staring at oncoming traffic, and he did not get the fuck out of the way. Jeff Carter is roadkill right now. I'm sure I'm still scraping him off the ice right now. Jeff Jeff Carter is Bambi's mum. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah yeah. Uh, oh, oh yeah. God. Hey, um, all right, so Detroit parted ways with um, Thomas Yerko, and that nabbed them a 2017 third rounder from Chicago. Another great offensive option for the Blackhawks, which really pisses me off because they're probably going to hate up and they'll probably win a fourth Stanley Cup. And once again, we'll be sitting here cursing the Chicago name on air, John. 
Yeah, I mean, Stan Bowman is, as you well know, the devil and has been for years pulling off these ridiculous trade deadline moves. And I mean, this isn't, you know, one to necessarily write home about, but I'm sure playing for the Blackhawks will heat up tonight, like right now. Um, but more yeah. importantly, I think Bowman still has more up his sleeve um, for the next, you know, few hours. So I'd be super keen to see what he does. But this is a great move. Just gives them that extra little bit of, I guess, grit that they needed. Um, a little bit of offensive power. Not that they really need it, but still, it just gives them a little bit extra. And Bowman, again, pulls out something else. Something that just... It's just ridiculous. Every year he does this and he just finds someone like the Vermet trade. Like he just picks someone up who, yeah. you know, you're not quite sure. Like, yeah, Vermet's pretty cool. And we were across him because he's a huge fantasy asset because of his face-off wins. And you're like, yeah, he's obviously going to be great. But then obviously he was fucking unreal that year. So, I mean, this could be another of Stan Booman's check me out. I know. I, I, I know what everyone else doesn't know. And it's, it's going to be the X factor that my team needs to win. Yeah, I, uh, I don't disagree with anything you've said. Hey, look, we're going to skip over the next one because it's the Ben Bishop trade and there's a lot yeah. more to talk about in that space. So we're actually going to give that its own little spotlight. Yeah, so, so we are there's obviously now, two major trades that we talk, didn't talk about. So Yeah, this this is the one I like the most. Yeah, um, I do. I Arizona really love this Arizona sending Martin Hansel, Ryan White, and a 2017 fourth round in a Minnesota in That's exchange right. for... A 2017 first round, a 2018 second round, or in a 2019 conditional pick. Yeah, so this says that Arizona um, have just given up all hope and that the Wild are all in. They are, they are so with Brujero behind the bench, they are now going hardcore. They have taken their pants off and they are sliding across that ice. They are ready to go. And <laughs> do, you, do you know what I love about this, though, too? It's not just that they got Martin Hansel, it's that other teams who probably needed him more didn't get Martin Hansel. Yeah, like, I mean, surely it's not a hard conversation with Arizona. It's like, yo, so we'll just, like, toss them a few picks and see what happens. Like, look at, look at, like, you could just look at what they've got. First round, a second round, or a conditional. Like, it's like they've just dove into the bag and just like, uh, how about this? Okay. Well, here's the <laughs> thing a lot of hockey fans and some members of the hockey media don't seem to be understanding at the moment. Um, and this may sound a little condescending saying that, but I mean, I don't really care. Um, it's been widely reported that this year's draft class outside of the top few players uh, is pretty shit. underwhelming. Mm -hmm. It's been widely reported that the draft class after it, not as mind-blowing as the last couple that we've been lucky enough to have. So, I mean, think about think about all the great players who've been found in later rounds in the draft, right? I'm guessing that the more savvy GMs are like, well, look, you know, um, the Patriots picked up Tom Brady with pick 199 all those years ago, and that worked out all right. If the top, if, if the first round worth of picks isn't red hot, fuck it, throw the picks away, get a known, um, you know, get a known quantity, and maybe we'll strike it rich in a third round or a fourth round. Like who gives a shit? Yeah, and then let let the the, the lower the teams at the lower end of the barrel, aka the bottom of the barrel, fight for the top few picks and hope that they get a winner. Like. You're better off, you know, rolling the dice for the second or third round. Like we did a whole episode called Late Round Legends based on this, and look at the and we, we did where we dissected the amount of legends that have found a deep within the, the second and third rounds. And let me tell you, Cam, it was plentiful. Well, one of my favorite, um, you know, underrated and just red hot defenseman in the league at the moment is Roman Yossi. Yep, he was he was not a highly touted high pick. He nope. slipped to them. You know, he, he fell and people, for whatever reason that may be, we don't know, but 
there is gold there. GMs are starting to wise up to that. And they're like, well, fuck it. If this is what we're going to take to get, you know, a six foot six, like dominant face off winning center in Martin Hansel, good. And the Habs desperately wanted Hansel. So the fact that the Wild were able to get him, suck shit, Montreal. Yeah, man. It's great to see Montreal fail. I mean, we, I mean, I feel like I've warmed up to Montreal a little bit more lately, but fuck it. Fuck them. Man, they're not killing it. They needed overtime to beat the Devils today. <laughs> you know what needs overtime to beat the Devils? A strong wind. My God. <laughs> very good, very not good. Not wrong, though. Right. Hey, here's one I really like, actually. Um, and we kind of touched on it before, but Tampa Bay sending yeah. Brian Boyle to the Leafs. In return, they get a 2017 second rounder and prospect Byron. Uh, I don't even know how to pronounce his surname. I think it's Byron Froese. Yeah. Uh, everyone talks about the Leafs needing help down the middle, and they just went and got it. So, of course, that's going to happen with Lou Lamorello at the helm. Yeah. Um, legitimately, Boyle's the difference between an early summer and the postseason. So... The Leafs are a very legitimate, uh, a very legitimate playoff shot at the moment, and that's cool because, you know, a good Leafs team is good for hockey in general. Yeah, absolutely. And but I feel like this, this is the uh, the big sigh of we've given up all hope for Tampa. They're like, you know what, fuck it, let's just just let them all go. Who cares? So they they've given up all hope and they've essentially become the the, te- the the league's second farm team, which everyone knows the league's first farm team is the Carolina Hurricanes. Is um is it Pirates of the Caribbean where one of the zombie pirates is like ringing a bell, going abandon hope all year who enter? Yeah, well, <laughs> that's, that's that's pretty much what's happening out the front of the uh, out of the Bolts facility now. Eisenman's just out there with a bell, just going here, 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 here. abandon hope all year who enter, and then Stamkos comes around the corner on his crutches and he's like, yeah. oh, he's essentially it's like the start of Die Hard 3. He's essentially rocking a sandwich board and it says, give up all hope. And he's literally just rolling around with a bell. Like, fuck it. Who even cares? It's fucking oh. 85 degrees in Florida anyway. Fuck off. That's... How's the intro to Die Hard 3, though? Fantastic sidebar, John. Oh, dude. Let me tell you about a sidebar. My God. Any... Okay. Real quick. Top three Christmas movies. Go. Uh, with Die Hard 1. Done. Home Alone. Yep. And then it, this is where it gets kind of complicated yeah, because so- <laughs> for, 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 for crassness, you want to say Bad Santa, but because I've got children now, I'm probably going to go with Elf because that's one yeah. I can watch with them. And it's kind of cute. And and at very least, it's got like Will Farrell in it, so you can at least have a few oh, roles. Yeah, it's a legitimately funny movie. Yeah. Um, like, like, well, I'm, into it. I'm not going to apologize for liking Elf. <laughs> I'm just saying pre-children, I probably would have said Bad Santa. Yeah, yeah, but now you can lol, you know, giggle in the background. He's like, that was a dick joke. Yeah, exactly right. It's like watching Shrek. You're like, <laughs> you don't even know what a fuck what is. <laughs> My God. Um, so speaking of things splitting and being hilarious, Geordie Ben has left his brother, Jamie. He's leaving, leaving oh, Texas and now he's going to the Habs, which, I mean, is a pretty good move. I think so. Um, yeah, the Habs yeah, get the help at the back that, end. Because the Stars in return are getting um, Greg Patterson and a 2017 fourth rounder. And him and, uh, I should say him, both he and Jordy Ben are very similar players. So maybe it's just a system thing. Uh, probably a little bit of salary involved. Um, you know, Habs get some help on the back end and Dallas don't give a shit because they're cooked. Yeah, I mean, this is obviously, I think there's, there's more interest in, in Dallas in terms of them just flipping dudes 
But I, I still think that there's a lot to, to, to happen yet in Dallas. I think you're right. There's coaching change pending. I think they're going to mix up a few of the contracts and let some guys go. I think the expansion draft is going to be really interesting for Dallas um, because they're going to have to make some pretty tough decisions based on their contracts. It's going to be yep. real. It's going to be it's going to be a really good time for us because we're going to be doing yet another one of these. Thinking, my yes. God, what did they hey, do real, wrong? Real talk. The best thing about the Geordie Ben move was me finding a photo of he and Jamie Ben on a talk show together. And then photoshopping a lightning bolt in the middle to simulate them splitting up. Easily the highlight of the trade. Yeah, that's definitely the highlight of the trade for me because, like, either way, Montreal will get another player. And Do you know the, what I don't I'm, understand I'm kind about of looking hockey reporting, about right? And here's another sidebar. So you think how funny some of the team's social media managers are and the dudes that run the Jumbotron, right? Yeah, they're all legends. Why don't they apply some of that humor to the images that accompany the trade news? Because it's always very staunch. It's like a picture of Geordie Ben and picture yeah. of listing the draft picks. Why not get funny? Like you guys have got red hot designers at your disposal. Do something, Do something funny with like Geordie Ben leaving Dallas. Like, you know, here's, here's what I would have done straight, like right off the top of my head. I would have had Jamie Ben as the main character from Free Willy standing on the rocks, pumping his fist while Geordie jumped over, over there. to escape out to sea. <laughs> well, Alright, here's another one for you. That one scene, you know that Family Guy scene where, where Stewie's walking along the side of the road? I would have done that, but just photoshopped Geordie Ben's head and then made the car that drives past Jamie Ben. So. Yeah, I'm so, <laughs> easy. So, like, within 15 seconds, we've just out-creatived every NHL media and graphics department. Yeah, and both hilarious and both super topical. Yeah, yeah, like get with it, guys. Seriously. Oh no, how hard is it? Doesn't need to be that. It's not, hard. It's, it's it's not even hard. Like this this is this is a side gig, and we are out funnying you. Yeah, and we've got MS Paint on our side, so there's that. Seriously, Australia says what up? Sort your shit out. Yeah. Hey, um, this actually this actually leads really well because the final big move of today slash yesterday for you North Americans is the Kevin Shattenkirk move, and we can we can deep dive on this one a little bit because. There's plenty to talk about. Yeah, but this directly affects me, Cam. So, I, I'll let you. I'll let you go through the particulars <laughs> of the trade. Because... You'll start because it directly affects you. That also means I get to have a little fun with it and rubbish you. Yeah, yeah, which is fair. All right. So Kevin Shattenkirk is leaving St. Louis. We knew this was going to happen all year. They've got a really strong defensive core because they've got Boomeister and Piet Rangelo and they've got Pareko and Shattenkirk's just not an expense they can afford anymore. Yeah. He's off to DC and in return, the Capitals have given you guys their 2017 first rounder, their 2018 sec rounder and Zach Ranford, who from what I can gather, he's actually a really solid prospect, big bodied center. So he's going to be a really good fit with a St. Louis style of play. Yes, his name is um, Zach, his name is Zach Stanford, FYI, and he's excellent. Um, he's played like ten games this year. He's really good. So, here's the thing about this episode, right? Um, okay. This, what, the, what is the thing about this episode? At the very start, so before we were even going to get into this, before this trade happened, I was thinking for days, what's the number one thing that's been giving me the shits about trade deadline for the last two years? What is Kevin? It? Fucking never-ending storyline, Shattenkirk. Will he be traded this year? Will he not be traded this year? Where's he going? What decision is he making? He's got a list of teams. No one knows what they are. And it's guess what Kevin Shattenkirk's thinking to get the right fit, right? And so I was, I've been super cut internally about Kevin Shattenkirk for like the last couple of years based on him always being a storyline and nothing ever eventuating, right? Right. 
And now, All right. literally immediately, he's straight into the caps. As soon as I start thinking that, and I, wrote, I was actually writing you a message to say something, and then fucking it happened on my way to work today. I, I, I love this for so many reasons, and so let me list A, because I know how much the Shattenkirk saga has annoyed you. It's so funny that he's landed on your team and now you have to shut up and, like, cheer for him. Yeah. So that's, that, <laughs> that's amazing to begin with, right? But the real the real jewel in my crown right yeah. now... And it's so obvious, that... too. I can see you grinning like a fuckhead, too. <laughs> oh, I'm so happy. The real jewel in my crown is that the Capitals going and getting the best free agent available tells us they are, they are more than all in. This is an absolute onion hanger. And this is their last shot at a cup with this roster. Justin Williams is nearing the end of his deal. TJ Oshie is nearing the end of his deal. You're going to lose at least one defenseman to expansion. You're probably going to lose another one because you'll be priced out of the market. Um, I think I could see someone like a Carl Olsner getting a really big deal and just leaving you guys in the dust. Ovi's not getting any younger. So this is the Capitals going right. If we can avoid Pittsburgh, we can probably win a Stanley Cup finally. Therefore, any price is worth it. Give them whatever the fuck they want. We need Kevin Shattenkirk. We're going for it. We're all in. And that makes me really happy because as your friend, I would like you to see your team win a Stanley Cup. That would be great. But more importantly, as your friend, I would like to see your team go all out to win you a Stanley Cup and still fail. Yeah, well, I feel like that's what's going to happen. See, I've been obviously trawling the the caps forums since this trade has occurred and this is the thing that's annoyed me so far and i think you would probably have done the same if your team was in the same position as me and the thing that the thing that gives me the shits is the amount of caps fans that are losing their minds like this is the cup delivered to them on on a platter right and so to me this screams of and i i i'm so cynical now because of last year's failures but I'm, I think this this screams of, of panic trading, as in, we need to do something. We need to make a splash. I mean, good on GMGM. Like, Brian McCullough is probably one of the more baller, I guess, GMs out there because he's like, fuck you. I, yeah, like, the, the day he came into the Caps, he's like, you guys need defense? Fine. Here's Niskan and Orpik. Fuck you. What's next? Like, you want you want, you want want offense? Here's TJ Oshie. I'll go and get Jay Will too. Thanks. All right, cool. So he's done a good job in building a team. He's great at that. But... To me, this reeks of panic trading and it's this reeks of like, we're obviously going to lose some players. Brooks Orpik's obviously not going to get protected. So with that money, they'll offer TJ Oshie's deal and then maybe we'll keep Shattenkirk and let Olsner go and pick up another, um, you know, third. third, third can, I, can I tag in here really quickly? Because this is so much fun for me because there is no fucking way Kevin Shattenkirk re-signs with the Washington Capitals. No way. Well, it depends He's on how the, far they go, right? Nah, nah, I'm calling it. We're, we're going to have an on-air bet right now, and we'll work out the real price, the real comeuppance later. But Kevin Shattenkirk has been so troublesome and so picky with his team of choice. Oh, it's that, that this has been... Anno- uh, I've hated this for so long, and it, I, I think this fact alone annoys me. Like I think that's that's the number one thing that gives me the shits about this whole thing. Not that not that he's like he's actually yes he's a good player and blah 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 and the rest of it. But I think the the number one thing is it's taken so long for him to land at a team. Like yes, it was the Bruins and then Montreal interested and and then um, there's there's so many teams that are that were on board. Like 
Dallas was in the in the mix for at one point in time. There's there's been so many different teams who have been in the Shattenkirk conversation, and then for me to get cut about it, and then for it to fucking land on my team, so frustrating. Oh he obviously God. wants to play for the Rangers. He was born in Connecticut. Yeah, like he's he, he grew he grew up in upstate New York or regional New York or out of New York City, whatever the actual geographical location may be. He's upstate. He doesn't right? want to stay with Washington, John. He wants to go win a cup, which he won't, and then he's going to go play for the Rags. The thing I like about this is his first game for your boys is against the Rangers. Against the <laughs> Rangers. Oh. You know what? It'd be so it'd be really cool if like the Caps totally lose it, and he's like, "Well, fuck! What have I done?" Oh my god! Imagine if your Caps get crushed tomorrow, right? And then like his hopes and dreams like, are crushed. Imagine the Caps get crushed by the Rangers tomorrow. Then on the way home from the rink, Evgeny Kuznetsov breaks his leg. And then Ovi <laughs> falls down the stairs because he's too busy playing Nintendo Wii and doesn't pay attention. Caps don't win the Stanley Cup. Rangers have a blinder, win the Stanley Cup. Shattenkirk misses out. Everyone wins. <laughs> you know what? I'm, I'm almost happy with that. Yeah, like, I'm into it. I'm into it. I'm almost into that. Like, like sincerely, as, as your friend and as your colleague and as your, your co-podcaster, um, I wish you all the best. And I sincerely hope that the the Washington Capitals do win a Stanley Cup. Now, this is fucked. So, we, we, we're not... So, on <laughs> this... I don't, wish, I don't wish any of those things. Uh, uh, this is fucked, and I know you're lying. And the second thing is, we picked up Shattenkirk and we got Copley back, so that's fine. So, that means that we're obviously thinking that is going to walk off to Vegas, which is fine by me because, you know, he's a backup. Who cares? Um, but at the end of the day... This this reeks of, of um it's it's a good I mean it's a good trade we're not really giving up anything that I consider to be valuable at this point in time because we have to make what we've got work and our farm's good we've got good dudes who are playing in Hershey that we can bring up um, Nathan Walker's going to come up perhaps later this year and play a few games for us which is going to be sick um, but I just I, I it's, it screams of panic trading and it screams of we need to do something now to win and. The team's already good enough. Um, I, I, it just kind of says to me that, again, that, that Brian McLaren is, is not not 100% convinced with the squad, and that tells me that if he's not convinced, then I'm not convinced. And then uh, that's that's what's got me feeling so cynical based on the panic trading and how shit we did in the playoffs last year. All right. So, look, before we move on to our final topic... You believe that there's a really good chance that Kevin Shattenkirk will re-sign with the Washington Capitals. If he doesn't, what is your comeuppance? And if he does, what is my comeuppance? I don't know. I don't even. I don't even know to be honest. We're gonna. Do, 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 do you just want to do a slab bet or something? Yeah, let's do a slab bet. Fuck it. I'll, I'll buy you the finest, cheapest slab of whatever you want, and we'll, we, let's just do that. Let's do a slab bet. Fuck it. I don't. I don't want a slab. I want a bottle of spiced rum. Done. I will buy you the finest, cheapest. <laughs> spiced rum I can find and piss that, in it. That, that a boy. Yeah, yeah. Um, but All no, right. let, let's just let's do that. I so here's here's my here's my thoughts. I think he will probably re-sign if they if they don't protect Orpic. If they don't protect if if Orpic is is let go, then they'll definitely offer him something um, because the Orpic money will be enough to secure him and Oshi for the next few years. All right, serious question. Now that for at least the next kind of two to three months, Shattenkirk is a, is a DC guy. Who has a worse haircut, he or Donald Trump? Oh, I actually said this today. I turned to Ben and he goes, what's the thing that upsets you the most? I'm like, Shattenkirk's fucking shit haircut. 
And he's like, mm. he's like, what is the, how is that even a thing? I'm like, well, his hair's Well, because shit. he hasn't accepted he's going bald. He's completely lost his top coverage and now he's just got the sides. Yeah. He has a skullet. And then rather than owning it and doing a Vin Diesel and just shaving it and just being a boss, he's desperately clinging on because he's like, well, 90% of the time I'm wearing a helmet. If I keep the sides and back, people will think I have hair. Guess yeah. what, Kevin? We can all we see know it. it's not there, man. It's time to let it go. No, nah, move on. And the thing is, though, like, he's wearing, he, he literally goes from helmet to hat, like, straight away. It's like, everybody knows. You're not kidding anybody. Yeah. We can all see it. <laughs> it's, it's, it's super disappointing behavior. Honestly, I expected more from him. Sorry, Kevin. Yeah, hey, um, I totally Final agree. thing we'll talk about, and this is obviously the other big kahuna. We need to talk about Ben Bishop going to LA. Yeah, so let's let's park the Shattenkirk conundrum for now. But this one has legitimately everyone in the hockey world going, huh? Like every, right. every single every single person I've spoken to has been like, yeah, I don't get this. Hey, like every single person's like, no, someone needs to explain it to me. So Cam, we're going to attempt to explain the rationale behind this. Well, look, shameless plug, holypodpodcast.com. You'll find a blog on there about this where we believe there is four very realistic scenarios as to why the LA Kings have traded for Ben Bishop. So, John, I'm going to tackle scenario two and four. You can have one and three. Oh, perfect. So, I mean, I was hoping you're going to say that because I like a little bit of one-two action. And more importantly, scenario one is, I think the one that Lombardi has come out and said that he wants to pursue, and that's obviously securing a legit tandem. Um, so... He's, he's he he likes the obviously he's a fan of the of the Pittsburgh system and he wants to carry two top notch goalies and he wants he wants obviously quick to quicken and Bishop to balance each other out and split the and split them I and put, split those starts I don't know if this is going to be the be end or be an end all of and I, th- I don't know if these grand plans going to play out because this is what I mean I was reading a blog today and this is that he said this in a in a um in a press conference um, in the last few days that this is what he wants to pursue as a dead set, unbeatable tandem. Um, so it doesn't matter who you're facing on any night, you're still going to have an unreal goalie. Um, mm. I don't, I don't know, man. I, I don't know if it works for me. It's, it's a very, it's a bit of a head scratcher because like both of them are, are, are dead set starters. So I don't know if the egos will allow it to work. Yeah. I'm, um, I'm completely with you on that because I think as, as Andre Vasilevsky showed today, he played an absolute blinder now that Bishop was removed and he was the undisputed number one. Um, Bishop strikes me as the kind of guy where he really needs to know he's the top dog to be at his best because he hasn't been at his best this year. So, well well, uh, well put, John. Very well articulated. Good on you. Oh, thanks, man. So, I'm going to tackle scenario two, which I believe GM Lombardi has some serious leverage on Gary Bettman. He has news. So, in breaking... So here's my theory, right? <laughs> nudes. He's, he's, he's using this leverage to not only get nudes of Gary, obviously. Um, he is manipulating the commissioner of the National Hockey League <laughs> to introduce a rule change. So in breaking news, the NHL is going to announce a rule change for the 27, uh, 2017 Stanley Cup playoffs, whereby teams are actually able to remove a defenseman from the ice and have two goalies on the ice at once. This makes perfect sense. the Kings are going to have Bishop and Quick in there. They're going to go on to win the third Stanley Cup because they're going to win each game by a very enjoyable 1-0 scoreline. Yeah, and have about a million shots fired, fired on them. Yeah, so basically it'll just be those two literally standing in the net eating cheeseburgers going like, <laughs> I can't get anything through here. Yeah. And then eventually, like, someone will fluke. There'll just be a bad bounce and, like, Drew Doughty will scoop it up and be like, oh, 
there's no one here. I'm just going to put yeah, put it in. Yeah. It. <laughs> it's kind of like, a, like a, the, the other team will be so exhausted because, I mean, with two goalies, who plays D? So they'll literally just exactly. be so tired at throwing, throwing pucks on net. They'll be like, down he'll just like dump it down. Oh, I went in. There you go. Uh, Drew, Drew Dumpy. Drew Dumpy. <laughs> so, I mean, scenario three um, is one of the more believable. And I guess it's the entire LA organization is just super terrified that Quick will break down again and he will not be the Jonathan Quick of old that brought them a cup. And we've seen it in the past where there's been long stretches where Quickie's not been the Quick that we all learn to love over that, that you know fabled Stanley Cup run. So I think that you're absolutely right here in saying that the organization as a whole is terrified that if he has a couple of games that his his I guess overall being his confidence totally goes so they need a number another number one goalie just to slot in to shore it up to make sure to right the ship and to potentially take them through a, a, a potentially losing um, series John I couldn't agree more so I'm going to tackle scenario for this is my favorite because it's completely ridiculous. And it's the most outlandish, stupid. and I'm all about that action. Well, I was going to say, this is probably the most stupid of all the yeah, ones. Yeah, which, so it Other makes sense that I'm jumping Lombardi all over Other than Lombardi has nudes of Batman and or his feet. All right, so there's clearly a forward out there that Lombardi is craving because the real issue for the LA Kings is offense. They're not scoring enough goals. The Kings have a forward in mind. They didn't have the desirable assets or pieces to get him. There's a team that wanted Ben Bishop somewhere. The Kings had the pieces to get Bishop and they got him. And now they're going to flip Bishop in the same way that the Kings traded Martin Jones to the Bruins, knowing full well that the Sharks wanted Martin Jones. They don't want to trade within their division. And then what did the Bees do? They sent him right back to San Jose and got Colin Miller and a pick out of it. You fucking beauty. So he so, didn't even leave California. So, I mean, we now have a, we, we now have a precedent for this. So you're suggesting that there's, potentially a handful of teams that are out there that are like, you know what? We would yep. be interested in Ben Bishop. Who are those teams and why do they want him? Well, I, so firstly, Steve Eisman had did a press release today where he said, oh, basically no other teams are in the market for a goalie and made me an offer. LA was the best I can get. Bullshit. I don't know if I believe it. I believe that other teams offered deals to Steve Eisman to get Ben Bishop and they're teams that he doesn't like. It's GMs that he doesn't have a good relationship with or it's teams that he sees as an arrival as a rival in the immediate future, I should say. So he said no. So what I'm thinking is, let's say you're a Winnipeg, right? Winnipeg is still a fringe team, and they believe that their biggest shortcoming right now is goaltending. Obviously, Connor Hellebuck's going to be a goaltender of the future, probably needs another year. Uh, so, you know, LA go and get, uh, they go and get Ben Bishop, and then they send Ben Bishop up to the peg, and the peg send a forward back, maybe a Matthew Perot or something like that. Wow. And you know I'm a uh, big Perot fan. So let, let me put let me ask you this, Cam. So say say you're a Columbus and you're thinking, well, we've been leaning very hard on Bob this year. What's your oh, move? The Bob. <laughs> what's what's your move if you're if, if you're if you're if you're say if you've got the most fireable coach in the NHL and you're thinking, fuck, we need to shore up our goaltending, what do you do? Well here's what you do, right? So you're the Blue Jackets GM. Uh, his name is Yamo Kekalainen. Uh, uh, and you call Dean Lombardi. And you say, Dean, it's Yamo. Uh, we really need Bishop here in Columbus. We need to give the Bob a crack. Uh, but Eisenman's ice cold. He won't help me. Dean Lombardi says, 
yeah, I need some help up front. Yamai says, I'm listening. And then Dean <laughs> says, well, you can only protect seven forwards in the expansion draft. Why don't you give me a couple of them now? I'll give you Bishop. And that tall son of a bitch will help you topple the pens and make it to at least the Eastern Conference semifinals. Great for membership numbers. Oh, Yamo says, hmm, and he strokes his chin. And then Dean says, look, you can't knock off the Caps. But you would have gone from a cellar dweller to legends in 12 months. Taught to win in Jack Adams. Everyone's killing it. Yamo says, I like it. Who are you thinking? And Dean says, give me Gagne and Hartnell. We can be mates. And then Yamo says, guess what? I've already called an Uber for them. They're on their way to the airport. Bang. And then all of a sudden, we have a, 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 a three-way deal which happens by stealth, which has happened before. And, I mean, there are a few other suitors that we've, we spoke about this week already. Um, but I feel yeah. like this is, I mean, obviously Dallas could be in the mix um, with their with their goalie woes. I mean, there's a few other teams that we spoke about at length. We, we had a, a hefty chat this week, Cam, with, with a few friends of the podcast about what their ideas were as well. And <clears throat> let's just say... This has been a hot topic amongst the Holy Puck guys all week. And wow. Wow. What a trade. What, I mean, do you, what do you reckon we should call them moving forward? So if they're friends of Holy Puck, which is F-O-H-P, yeah. we should call them F- It's F- F- <laughs> The F- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. If, I don't know if like, if the likes of like Luke and, um, and the other boys and Andy are going to be cool with being called Fwops. I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, well, that's, that's something they might just have to learn to live with. Oh, well. <laughs> oh, well. Oh, well. All right. So that's pretty much all our, all our 24 hours to the end of the deadline pre-banter done. Yeah. Uh, I feel we've covered a lot of ground. Obviously, we're going to be keeping the trade tracker updated. We're going to do a very deep divey show next week. And on top of it, we've got a guest next week. And we're going to tell you who that is. Not tonight. We're going to tell you later on. Yeah, yeah. We'll post it later. But, I mean... But I'll give you a clue, though. He's not from Australia, and he's very good at hockey, and we're going to be very excited to talk to him. Absolutely, man. I'm stoked. Are you stoked? I'm really stoked. And in addition to keeping the trade tracker updated, I'm going to write a Shattenkirk-centric article and put it up. And once the trade deadline's finished, I'm going to rank all 30, or I guess I should say 31 now, obviously, because GMGM's back. Yeah. I'm going to rank all 31 uh, GMs. I'm going to do a ranking thing, rank the GMs article at the deadline completion um, from great to good to seriously made us time for a career change. Yeah, I, I feel like there's a few a few legends in there, actually. I feel like Jim Benning may even sneak into the top 10 for the Burroughs trade, just saying. Really? Just saying. That's... Because it's actually quite cunning because the kid they got back in the Burroughs deal, Jonathan Darlin, um, his numbers over in, uh, is it Sweden? Yeah. That he plays? Good. Absolutely. Absolutely incredible. He could be an absolute jet, this yeah. kid. Well, so look good at, on him. Look at this way, right? Like the, like I showed you that tweet earlier today, but look, let me put it this way. If he's anything more than a functioning retard, Benning pulled off the, the, the absolute steel trade of the year. Simple as that. Wow. Yeah. Look, I don't approve of you you calling somebody the R word, but that's fine. Yeah, love it. I think you're a dirtbag, but fuck you. What? Yeah. All right. <laughs> John, I've had a good I've had a good time. Have you had a good time? Cam, trade deadline is always a good time. Smashing. All right, well I'll probably talk to you in the next four minutes via some kind of IM client. But uh good night. Good night, man. So that's episode forty one in the bank. Ta-ta.